Greetings and salutations from Times Square, crossroads of the world. This is the Muni Lowdown, produced by DebtWire Municipals, where we talk about this week's most interesting stories in the municipal bond market. And I am your host, Young Lim, desk editor at DebtWire Municipals. Good afternoon. Today is Friday, March 19, 2021. And welcome to the Muni Lowdown, the podcast produced by DebtWire Municipals. Today we have a special guest. We have Jenny Huang Bennett, Chicago's Chief Financial Officer. Jenny, welcome to our show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And we also have on the line Kaylin Devitt, our senior reporter, also based in Chicago. Kaylin, welcome back. Hi, thanks. All right. So let me give a brief background of, of Jenny. She was previously the Chief Financial Officer for Chicago Public Schools, where she helped lead CPS through significant financial difficulties. She also served as CPS's Acting Chief Internal Auditor since 2018 and Treasurer from 2012 to 2016. And prior to that, Bennett spent over a decade as a senior investment banker in municipal securities, managing post-recovery financing needs for New York after the 9-11 attacks, Mississippi after Hurricane Katrina, large water and wastewater financings and acquisitions, stadium financings, financings for higher educational educational institutions, as well as various types of other municipal financings. That's a mouthful. So, but again, welcome to our show, and I'm going to hand over the mic to Caitlin. Take it away. Thanks, Yang. Hi, Jenny. Hi, Caitlin. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm well. So, Chicago, this is one of the most closely followed credits in the muni market. You know, we've got, you know, I'm a Chicago resident too, I'm so I might switch to accidentally saying we or saying the city, but the city's got, you know, a pretty strong, deep economy, the engine of the Midwest, but it also has significant financial weaknesses that leads to higher borrowing costs, so much so that Moody's rates the city at junk. I remember a couple of years ago talking with some buy-side analysts, and they're saying, you know, the city's kind of on a tightrope, generally an upward arc, as long as nothing bad happens. And then, of course, we had a global pandemic, and that blew a giant hole, not just Chicago, of course, everybody's budgets. I think you're, and you could maybe give us some updated numbers. I don't know if you have any today, but I think the estimated losses for last year and this, and for fiscal 20 and, and our current fiscal 21 is $1.7 billion. And for context, that's on a $4 billion, roughly $4 billion general fund budget. But now, again, we have the stimulus plan, and this is on sort of historic, unprecedented infusion of direct funding right into the veins of cities and states across the country. Chicago's in line, I think, for 1.8 or 1.83 billion of that flexible aid. Not totally flexible, as we can maybe talk about, but pretty flexible. So let's start there. How do you want to spend the money? Sure. So I think uh, some of the things that you had just mentioned are important context to how it is that we're going to spend the stimulus money. Uh, What we have done in the midst of COVID is take a look at uh, creating a more sophisticated approach to revenue projection. And what is it that the recovery profile of uh, COVID and the economic impacts of COVID are going to look like for the city? Uh, We know that the city of Chicago will recover over time. And the question really becomes when and how quickly and what is it that we as government can do to help stimulate that recovery. Um, The uh, current projections, by and large, for all of the various revenue streams of the city um, show that uh, we would, in theory, recover sometime in the 2022-2023 timeframe. There are some revenue streams and industries that will take longer to recover, some that will take shorter. 
And then the question for us becomes, how is it that we build a bridge in our finances, but also our broader economic policy to bridge that economic recovery? And that's where the stimulus money comes in. Um, as we um, are taking a look at the uh, amounts of monies coming in, but also very importantly, the categories of funds coming in, we are still going through what is a very extensive um, legislation um, as it relates to the specific requirements of certain of those funds. But we want to think about a number of different categories. One includes um, how is it that we are going to create economic development and stimulus for that economic recovery. Um, Chicago has a nearly $700 billion GNP, and that's an enormous engine that can help us in terms of uh, recovering those lost revenues. But also, how is it that we're going to be fiscally prudent with the money? Um, in the 2021 budget, we did include a sizable borrowing in order to address some of the revenue loss issues um, that, that, that came from COVID. Um, how is it that we can uh, be fiscally responsible with these funds as well? And so that's a lot of the work that's ongoing right now related to the stimulus money. So it sounds like nothing that specific yet. Well, one thing investors will want to know is, are you going to use the stimulus for recurring costs? So we are very cognizant of the uh, lessons learned from the past. Uh, In 2008, there was also a significant uh, economic downturn um, that ultimately came with federal stimulus money. And what we uh, don't want to do is ultimately create a cliff for us. There are a number of different types of cliffs here. Um, you know, there's an immediate cliff related to some of the stimulus that's already been distributed that we're looking at how it is that we can, um, you know, extend the benefits for uh, some of which will um, happen with the current stimulus dollars. But also very importantly, as it relates to how we build again that bridge for economic recovery, how do we match that with the recovery of revenues, the monies that we're receiving so that then ultimately we're walking a path towards fiscal balance. Um, You know, I don't have specifics at this point as it relates to what that whole balance looks like. A lot of it will depend on the specifics of what is in the stimulus bill, but also how quickly we are rolling out the vaccine, how quickly our economy is recovering, our ability to be able to uh, generate uh, some recovery of uh, tourism um, before we get to the summer season, for example, um, how quickly it is that the, um, you know, city is able to recover from COVID. So, a lot of uh, a lot of work to do, and uh, and I think that we'll um, you know in in the very near future be able to start talking about how some of these dollars are being put to work. So you mentioned the big borrowing that was going to help the twenty and the twenty one budget. That was a big scoop and toss, one point nine billion, I think, if I recall. Is that off the table? Um, we said during budget that to the extent that we received federal funds, we would take a look at um, reducing the size of the scoop and toss. Um, This was not a decision that was taken lightly in terms of uh, uh, proposing a scoop and toss. But importantly, when you're facing a $1.2 billion budget gap on a $4 billion budget, it's an enormous challenge to surmount um, when uh, you're only looking at revenue and expense solutions. And probably even more importantly than that is that to the extent that we had tried to address that gap with just revenue and expense solutions, Um, We would have likely created longer lasting uh, damage to our broader economy as well as city services. And so regardless, we know that there there needed to be a balance that we had to strike in terms of the solutions for closing that particular gap. And also importantly, because we know that there's going to be a recovery, which will recover a lot of those losses. 
And so that balance, um, you know, ultimately ended up in the proposal around the scoop and toss, which really was a one-time proposal for an out, a one-time event, which was ultimately COVID, um, worst economic, um, you know, uh, uh, impact in over in at least a century. And so as we think about this money that's coming in, which is, um, is certainly beneficial and very helpful for us in creating that bridge and um, and, and uh, being able to cross that bridge to economic recovery, um, you know, we are also, you know, very cognizant of not, you know, going back to what are some of the practices of the past, which have created in, uh, instability in our finances. So just to ask again, is it off the table? Or is it on the table? Or you might do a smaller one. I think the exact dollar amount we're still working through. Again, it's because of, uh, you know, what the um, potential restrictions might be on the money coming in. Um, I think a, a sizable reduction um, is something that we are committed to, but we have to figure out the exact uh, you know, dollar amounts. So there might still be some type of scoop and toss that you guys will use, but not the big one that you were talking about before. Yeah, I, I think that I, I don't know if it will or won't be on the table. Mostly um, is just to say that we need to have a comprehensive plan that we put together for all the different funding sources all the different, uh, you know, updates to the revenue projections to make sure that we have that comprehensive plan towards structural balance. Okay. As part of that, you guys also had a new money plan. Do you still expect to hit the market with some new money bonds? And if so, how much? And do you have any timing on that? Uh, the city received authority to issue up to $1.6 billion of general obligation bonds for the capital plan. Uh, it's a capital plan, which is the first two years of a longer term capital plan in terms of deferred maintenance needs for the city. We're still evaluating the timing of the first issuance, but are working towards establishing an interim short term line of credit to help with some of the cash flow for those capital projects. And then as that capital plan ramps up, we'll look to take out uh, the interim financing with long term bonds. Uh, my expectation is it'll be no earlier than the end of this year that we would see new money um, bonds sold, um, but again, are monitoring that cash flow very closely. So let's talk pensions, which it also, you know, is one of the restrictions. I think that from other people I've talked to, you know, there's still guidance with Treasury, as you mentioned, about what the stimulus funds can be used for. One of the pretty clear guidance criteria, though, is not using it for pensions. Although, as some investors say, money's fungible. So, but Chicago has nearly 32 billion of net unfunded pension liabilities. It's a huge pressure point for the city. It's four pension plans. There's an average funded ratio. Uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. I think is under 25 percent. And the city's on this ramp to make it actually required contributions. It's made it in a couple in the police and fire, and it still has to make it for the municipals, the big one, and the laborers. And that's going to pension contributions are already high and it's expected to really climb until we hit that ramp in um, FY22. I think the total payment then will be $2.25 billion. And as we've mentioned a couple of times here, the corporate fund is about $4 billion. So as I said, a strong pressure point. Um, pensions and debt payments already take up most of the property tax levy. So what's your plan or how do you think you're going to start making those future pen the pension payments? So for two of the pension funds, which is roundly about half of the total liability that you noted, we have already climbed the ramp to structural or to, to, to actuarial funding. Uh, the uh, police and fire, we climbed to actuarial funding in 2020. Um, and to your to what you just described, we are working towards climbing the ramp for muni laborers in 2022, which is the upcoming budget year. Uh, as it relates to how we intend to climb the ramp, 
We have been incorporating that increase uh, throughout the course of all of the financial planning over the last couple of years um, and have uh, worked out a long-term plan for how it is that we would achieve that structural balance. Clearly, COVID has uh, presented um, a, a new hurdle for us and um, is uh, going to require a bit more time for us to be able to climb that ramp. But we have done a lot of work at the city in order to try to find various methods of structural reform in order to be able to ultimately climb that ramp. Um, some of that includes the casino, which the city secured for the first time uh, in over three decades of pursuing casino authorization for the city of Chicago. The revenues from that will go directly to funding police and fire pensions. Um, we are um, continuing to make significant efficiencies in the city, which uh, were a part of the reform efforts that we put in place uh, when the mayor uh, first came uh, into office, but are now starting to accrue benefits to us. And as a result of that, in both 2020 and 2021, uh, we have put in place over a half a billion dollars of structural solutions in both of those years. Um, the city did recently in, uh, put in place a property tax increase as well, um, which uh, pegs increases of the property tax um, based on CPI. Uh, and avoids what has historically been an issue for the city where we go many, many years without an increase, then implement a sizable increase, which can be very difficult for homeowners. Ultimately, we believe that the index-based increase will help with um, providing some relative certainty and also a rationale based on an index um, that's widely used um, like CPI. And so the city is putting in a number of different um, structural solutions in place, which we believe helps us to um, climb that ramp. Obviously, there's more work for us to do. I think what um, is really important when we take a step back from this and thinking about our pension liabilities is that a, uh, a city or a governmental entity that has a very large liability um, is uh, that, you know, ultimately has to find a way to pay for that liability that the credit worthiness of that um, of that city, for example, in this case, Chicago, is very different when you're talking about a city like Chicago that has an has a very large economy, has a very large uh, uh, economic growth pattern, and ultimately can find a way to pay that liability. And um, for Chicago, we have demonstrated that um, you know we are a very strong economic engine for the state. Um, and ultimately are working to continue to um, support that economic engine. But importantly, that, um, you know, in the meantime, we have also taken significant actions um, to demonstrate that we are working towards that path towards sustainability so that we can make the case for why the investment in the city of Chicago is, uh, is, is a good investment to make. So you mentioned the state. Do you have any plans to go to Springfield to seek fund consolidation or other types of structural reform? So the mayor said often that uh, we are very interested in finding reform measures to help to uh, structure the long-term liability that pensions um, represent for the city. Uh, what exactly it is, the solutions uh, to our pension uh, liability issues are, uh, are longstanding, have been talked about for years, and they're not really that new. Um, the really important thing is that we are going to that we continue to have those conversations and dialogue with all of the various partners um, that uh, that we are in constant conversation with around what uh, solutions might be feasible, and then ultimately then you know be able to negotiate what that solution looks like. And so we 
are constantly in conversations around um, pension reform measures um, and you know how it is that we might be able to afford to pay for our long-term liabilities. Uh, I think the work that uh, that most folks have seen around the casino is reflective of that uh, that collaboration. And we'll continue to have conversations around other ways that we can uh, find a way to pay for those pension liabilities. What about pension obligation bonds? As it relates to pension obligation bonds, uh, what's really important there is to just remember that uh, that it, the pension obligation bond in and of itself is not a solution. Um, it's a tool that can help uh, importantly with liquidity, but in addition um, needs to be paired with other measures that really do change the um, shape and the size of the liabilities that the city faces. If we don't provide a comprehensive solution to pensions overall, uh, it's very difficult to make a case with the rating agencies that we've made um, changes that ultimately supports the total debt structure of the city, the total liabilities of the city, and ultimately the total financial position of the city. And so, um, you know, we um, think that pension obligation bonds can be a tool um, that is a part of a broader solution, but importantly, we would need to be able to have those conversations around how it is that we address that liability overall uh, comprehensively before we're able to take a pension obligation bond to our key stakeholders and um, be able to rationalize it. Yeah, it sounds like, I mean, that's kind of the same thing you've been saying for a while. You know, your predecessor in the last administration had proposed near the end this $10 billion pension obligation bond issue. And then that ended up not happening, of course. And and you guys have sort of said from you haven't sort of taken it off, but you haven't kept it, you know, you haven't completely taken it off, but you've sort of minimized it a little bit since taking office. So you've mentioned the casino a couple of times. And under state laws, you mentioned the revenue has to go to the police pension. If you could just talk generally, give me like a timeline for the casino and how important it is to the city's finances. Sure. We uh, put out shortly after the authorization of the casino a request for information um, asking uh, potential bidders and interested parties what they felt like uh, were key considerations for the city as we think about moving forward with the casino. Uh, This is a uh, development that the city has pursued for a number of decades and importantly, uh, we'll only be able to do this once. So we want to make sure that we do it right. Uh, As it relates to the timeline, um, we are working towards uh, uh, continuing that process of uh, securing a casino operator who can uh, take on the license and um, and are working to do that, uh, you know, fairly in fairly short order. Uh, Our timeline for an RFP um, was intended to be sometime, you know, in the first half of uh, 2020. Obviously, COVID then hit and um, has, uh, you know, has uh, has been something that we've been monitoring very closely. And so, um, you know, we are hoping to be able to, um, you know, uh, come out with an RFP and uh, we'll, you know, continue to kind of monitor the market as well. So just give me a general like ballpark number. I know it's hard to say on what once the thing is up and running, how much you think it would generate. For in tax revenue for the city uh, during during the legislative process, we um, had uh, had had conversations with Union Gaming. They put out a report which uh, indicated some projections on revenues. Within that report, uh, they had um, estimated that a Chicago cas- casino could generate somewhere around two hundred million dollars a year in revenues to the city. And obviously, that'll change depending on um, the ultimate negotiated uh, package. 
Uh, and, you know, we're going to uh, look forward to working with a number of operators in terms of, uh, you know, what that package looks like. Well, uh, from the investor side, again, I know a lot of you guys usually have this annual investor conference that was, like many other things, canceled in 2020. Investors were disappointed. There was no virtual conference. Do you, do you have one planned for this year? We do. Uh, you know, we are looking to do a virtual conference. The exact timing of it, we're still working through. Um, have a few things that are ongoing right now, but we are working to do a host a in, uh, virtual investor conference this year. And we talked about scoop and toss, and you guys said that you want to make that one smaller. Um, the previous administration made this pledge to phase out scoop and toss, which is you know widely considered not best practice, and as well as borrowing for police settlements. So I wanted to ask you if you guys still have that commitment, if you still want to phase that out in the next couple of years, as well as I want to toss in, you know, for the muni nerds among us, the using capitalized interest and general obligation borrowings, which which the city does and isn't necessarily, a, you know, isn't necessarily a wide practice from other issuers. So the use of capitalized interest uh, for new money borrowings in particular um, is fairly common, um, especially as it relates to uh, the implementation of a capital project. So uh, if you're uh, building a new bridge, for example, and it takes a few years for the construction to be completed, you want to see the benefits of that before it is that you start repaying the debt on those bonds. And so um, as it relates to um, uh, capitalized interest for capital projects, we would expect to uh, continue the use, um, not necessarily, uh, you know, intended to be for budgetary purposes, but ultimately to match um, the uh, uh, benefits and useful life of a project to the ultimate debt service. Um, you know, the city also has an additional uh, technical complication as it relates to the um, backup property tax levy, which pays for uh, debt service on bonds that are issued. And um, due to the fact that the levy is passed one year before it's actually collected, the use of capitalized interest also helps us to match the revenues to the debt service on the bonds. Overall, our intention really is to move away from practices of the past that um, that uh, the uh, you know various stakeholders who watch our finances have have uh, encouraged us to shy away from. And what about conventions and festivals? And and you know, I apologize, I might have missed this. You expect to see our our summer in Chicago that we all love so much. Are we going to start to see those come back this year? Sure. So the mayor's already announced some reopenings. Uh, we are obviously going to follow the guidance of our public health department as well as the state's public health department. But the uh, statistics are looking encouraging. We're seeing vaccines uh, continue to roll out. Um, and as the rate of vaccination increases, we're optimistic that we'll see more um, conventions and festivals. So uh, more to come on that and obviously tied very closely to what the health metrics are. But we are um, cautiously optimistic that we'll be able to start to see gatherings again this summer. Well, we all hope so. Is there anything else you wanted to add? Thank you for having me and uh, always happy to talk about the city's finances. Yeah, well, thank you. Like I said, it's, it's, it's a big credit. It's an interesting credit. Everybody likes to hear from you. So thank you. Yes, thank you very much, Jenny. Um, actually, I have one last question. I think it's, it's a very important question that uh, Caitlin didn't, didn't ask you. And the question is, White Sox or Cubs? <laughs> 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 I, I hear the predictions are the White Sox are going to basically uh, win the division in, in the American <laughs> League Central. So I am a Cubs fan. Can't claim to be an avid fan, but okay, it's on record. Um, regardless, <laughs> I'm very glad to see that we're going to have uh, baseball again this summer. Jenny and Kaylin, thank you so much for your time today, and uh, we hope you have a uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Great, thank you. You too.
Thank you. And that's our show for today. Many thanks to Jenny Huang Bennett, CFO of the City of Chicago, and Caitlin Devitt, our senior reporter in Chicago as well. But many thanks to you, our listeners out there in Miniland, who tune in week after week for the latest on just mini debt, on the mini lowdown, the podcast produced by Delaware Municipals. Thanks for listening to the Mini Lowdown with me, your host, Young Lim. If you want to know more, subscribe to DebtWire.com and follow us on social media. Please leave comments, rate, like, and share. Join us next week when we talk about the latest in the municipal bond market.